Shalom, shalom, Boker Tov to all of you. Good morning. This is the Radio Rabbi Program, and I am your rabbi. I am your radio rabbi. I'd like to be your rabbi, too. Come and join our synagogue here in Italy. Love to make you a member. I am, oh, and I digress. I am your radio rabbi, Rabbi Barbara Aiello. So pleased to be with you this morning on AM 930 The Answer. Say hello to Europe, uh, lunchtime in Europe. Uh, Australia, Canada, lots of folks all crawl across the USA. And we have some listeners now in Asia, a new listener in Croatia, another in Slovenia, and one in Ukraine, too. So that's nice. We have lots of listeners, and we also include in our listening audience our Christian friends on their way to church or coming back from the early service, thanking them each and every Sunday for your support of Israel, how very, very important that is. And uh, we have, um, well, we have to say hi to our main man today. Well, that would be our main man. And our first main man, number one, would be Mr. Bill, our producer. Hello, Mr. Bill. How are you? I'm constantly surprised at the new and, and gracious nicknames you give me every week. It is it is our pleasure, and you are you're you're a good sport, Mr. Bill. We appreciate it. Oh, you make my job easy, Rabbi. Thank you, thank you, and of course, our main man, Mr. Steve of, of Sarasota Watch Company. He is our brand new sponsor, the Sarasota Watch Company, and I will t- be telling you a little bit more about this wonderful company in a little bit later on in the show. Today is Sunday, August 12th, 2018 on the secular calendar. On the Hebrew calendar, it is the first day in the Hebrew month of Elul. So it's Rosh Kodesh, right? How about that? Yes, in the Hebrew month of Elul in the year 5,778. And if you're reading along and following along in your Chumash or your Tanakh, your um, uh, your Hebrew Bible. The, par- the Torah portion for the week is Shoftim. We want to say Mazel Tov to Sam, who became a bar mitzvah in our Calabrian synagogue last week, and to Marina and Michael. I had the honor of officiating at their beautiful ceremony at Lake Como in northern Italy. Next week, I'll be broadcasting to you from Rhodes, Greece. We have a special program on the island of Rhodes in Greece's oldest synagogue, a bar and bat mitzvah program. And Emma will be the first girl in Greek history to read directly from the Torah as a bat mitzvah. So how about that? We have a special dedication for you today as well. Today, the Radio Rabbi program is dedicated to the memory of all the children who have lost their lives to cancer. And this our dedication comes from George J. He writes that from babies to teens, the suffering has been great, and we pray for a cure. Yes, indeed, we do. All those children whose, whose memories are a blessing who have we've lost due to cancer. Well, today, my friends, we will feature the month of Elul, the brand new month. And we'll talk about the shofar. And we'll talk about, oh, what is the shofar, you say? Well, many of you know it is the most recognizable symbol of the Jewish New Year. It's used every day in the month of Elul. I'll tell you about that. And uh, we'll uh, get started here in just a moment. But we want to give a nice shout out and hello and a boker tov to Alvin, who recognized the Chuck Berry hit that was featured in Pulp Fiction when John Travolta and Uma Thurman were dancing to it was a teenage wedding, and that was part of our dedicated dedication to the show last week. So thank you, Alvin. Thank you for sharing that with us as well. We also had a request this morning from Dee. Dee would like to hear Morning Has Broken. So would I. Let's listen.
such a beautiful piece of music here on the Radio Rabbi program. That was Morning Has Broken, Craig Duncan and the Smoky Mountain Band. Did you like that dulcimer? I did. Thank you, Dee, for requesting that. It is a nice morning. I hope it's a beautiful morning where you are. Maybe you're like me and it's afternoon already. Yes, it is because I am in southern Italy. I'm in Calabria and uh, it's, it is afternoon here. But wherever you are, I hope you are having or had a lovely morning. Well, I promised to tell you a little bit about the Hebrew month of Elul, E-L-U-L. It is considered to be a time of preparation in terms of Jewish tradition. This month, beginning, well, today, August 12th, is the Hebrew month of Elul. And although there are no festivals, no fast days, no memorial days, no days of special simcha or study, it is nonetheless one of the most important months on the Jew- on the Hebrew calendar. Elul, as we said, is the month of preparation because Elul leads us to Yamim Norim, the High Holy Days, and it is a time for Jews to make intensive preparation for the work to be done, beginning with Rosh Hashanah and ending with Yom Kippur. Our traditions give us an entire month to look inside our souls, to ask for forgiveness from others, to contemplate the changes we must make for the new year, and to draw closer to God. Elul is, in many ways, God's mirror. Because with it, we can step back and we can take a long, hard look at ourselves We can admit our mistakes, and we can make plans to change. Now, what about the name Elul? It's very interesting because it originates from the Babylonian period. It first appeared in the Hebrew Bible in the book of Nehemiah, or Nehemiah, as as we'd say in English, chapter 6, verse 15, if you're going to check. The word Elul, Hebrew letters are Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed, Aleph, Lamed, Vav Lamed, and they are thought to be an, an, an acronym of Ani Ladodi Vidodili, which translates to, I bet you know, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. These are the words from the Song of Songs. Actually, you'll find them in verse 3 in chapter 6. And in this context, the beloved is believed to be the one God, and the I signifies the people of Israel, the me- meaning all the Jewish people and any person who has ever struggled with the concept of God. Now, the Adult Center for Liberal Jewish Learning, called Kolel, states that at the time the Hebrew months were named, the Jewish people spoke the Aramaic language. This is important because in Aramaic, Elul means to search. Thus, it has been our tradition from ancient times, says Kolel, for Jewish people to use this month to search what? Well, their souls. During the month of Elul, it is traditional to sound the shofar each weekday morning. The shofar serves as a spiritual alarm clock to remind us to take time each day to examine our behavior, ask for forgiveness, and make our plans to change. Our great sage and teacher, Maimonides, called the Ramban, taught us that, taught us in, in Hilchot Teshuvah about the symbolic meaning of the sound of the shofar. Awake, all of you who are asleep, search your ways and mend them in repentance. So, what can we do to observe the month of Elul? Well, the good people at Kolel have several suggestions, and they have a list of things to do during this month of Elul. And since this is the very first day of the month of Elul, maybe you can decide which one you want to do first. How about this one? Make time every day for personal reflection, meditation, and prayer. These things prepare us for Heshbon HaNefesh, the accounting of the soul. Or, number two, think of the people you have hurt during the past year. Meditate on what you have done. Find that person and make an apology. Ask for their forgiveness. Number three, think of those things that you should have done but you didn't do. Did you borrow a tool or a book from a friend and fail to return it? 
Did you return it and you returned it broken? Did you forget to send greetings for a birthday or special occasion? Did you never answer that email that you were planning to or to answer? Make your apology for these sins of omission. Return the item. Make the belated greeting. Write the email and send it on. And remember, says number four, to come to synagogue. In many shuls, you will hear the sound of the shofar before the lighting of the Shabbat candles. Also, read Psalm 27 each morning. Give tzedakah. Now is the time to give charity to those in need. Now is the time to make a special donation to the synagogue. And we know in terms of Zedekah, of Zedekah or Zedekah as we say in the Sephardic pronunciation, that you can give of your time, of your money, or of your prayers. And all those three are equal. If you can, make a visit to the burial place of your loved ones and find your tallit or talus. Take it to the dry cleaners for a good cleaning and pressing. Polish and shine the mezuzot at your doors. And if you don't have a mezuzah, now is the time to purchase one and put it up beside your door. Now, the best way to assure Shana Tova, a good new year, is to begin now. When? Well, now in the month of Elul. Well, we are going to listen to the sounds of the shofar later on in the show. And uh, if you have a friend who would like to hear the sounds of the shofar, give them a call or send them a, uh, an SMS or a note because that will be coming up shortly. And in preparation, in preparation for our sounding of the shofar, nothing would be better than then a song written by David Pflug for the, uh, the Dimion or Orchestra. And it's called, appropriately enough, the Shofar Song. Oh, 
And that was the shofar song written and arranged by David Flug for the Dimion Orchestra. And could you hear the shofar as part of the orchestra? Very interesting piece of music. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I do, as I did, and as I continue to do right here on the Radio Rabbi program. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. For over 25 years, Sarasota Watch Company has provided discerning customers the expertise and professionalism they expect when it comes to luxury timepieces and fine jewelry. Sarasota Watch Company carries only the best, including Rolex, Patek Philippe, Cartier, and Tag Heuer. An expert certified watchmaker is on hand to complete all repairs and maintenance, everything from band adjustments and battery replacement to repair and pressurization of dive watches on site. Sarasota Watch Company offers Rolex service in-house for only $350. Only $350 and no sending your Rolex to some factory across the country. In addition, clients are always pleased with Sarasota Watch Company's exclusive selection of the finest rare diamond jewelry. Sarasota Watch Company pays top dollar for luxury watches and jewelry, affording you unparalleled opportunities to find rare, one-of-a-kind pieces on display. Call Sarasota Watch Company today, 953-1315, 953-1315. Sarasota Watch Company, across from Trader Joe's in Sarasota. And welcome back to the Radio Rabbi program. I am your Radio Rabbi, Rabbi Barbara Aiello, and we are at AM 930, The Answer. And I promised you that we would talk about the shofar, what we remember most about our Jewish holy days, our high holy days. Well, actually, it is not the shofar itself. Sometimes maybe if it's a long, long curly one on kind of an antelope horn, maybe. But really, it is the sound that is kind of embedded in our souls. And that's what is mentioned most often when Jews are asked to share a Rosh Hashanah memory. From those of us who are self-described shul-goers, synagogue-goers, to those among us who no longer participate in the synagogue experience, it seems that all Jews everywhere associate the sound of the shofar with the Jewish New Year. And in recent years, the shofar itself has come back into fashion. It began, actually, this revival in the mid-2000s when a giant shofar sound-off was organized on a Massachusetts beach that ended up in the Guinness Book of Records and continued with Bugles Across America founder Tom Day, my friend, whose rendition of shofar taps at one of the ceremonies marking the World War II memorial dedication in Washington, D.C., brought listeners to tears. Now, the origins of the shofar, well, they go way back. Author Ariella Palaya, who wrote a piece called The Origins of the Shofar, said that some scholars believe that its birth predates Jewish practice when making loud sounds on New Year's night was thought to scare away demons, dibbocks, and evil spirits. As the religion developed, the shofar took on biblical proportions, mentioned as it is in the Tanakh, the Jewish Bible, the Talmud, and many pieces of historic Jewish literature. The shofar is the world's oldest horn. It's the oldest musical instrument in continuous use in the world. Biblical scholars state that the shofar dates back 6,000 years and was used in ancient times to announce the beginning of Jewish festivals, to signal the start of processions, and to mark the start of a war. In fact, the shofar's most famous biblical reference is found in the book of Joshua, where shofarot, that is the Hebrew plural, of the word shofar, shofarot, were used as part of a battle plan to capture the city of Jericho. According to the account, Joshua followed God's commandments to the letter and 
That's right. The walls came tumbling down. Get it? What it is the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, which literally means the head Rosh of the year, Shana, where the shofar commands its greatest respect. In fact, author Palaya writes that the shofar is such an important part of this holiday that another name for Rosh Hashanah is Yom Teruah, which in Hebrew means the day of the shofar blast. On each of the two days of Rosh Hashanah, the shofar is blown 100 times. With the exception of Shabbat, where in the Orthodox and conservative synagogues, the shofar is not sounded. It was our most famous Jewish philosopher, Moses Maimonides, who wrote that the sound of the shofar in Rosh Hashanah is meant, as we said, as a kind of Jewish wake-up call, where our souls arise to the possibilities of positive change. And the four specific sounds, te- technically from the second and third harmonics, create an atmosphere where we can focus on self-improvement. The first sound is Takiya. It is an unbroken blast that asks us to listen, focus, and pay attention. And when the shofar is a shofar is symbolic of saying, now that I have your attention, shevarim represents a tekiah sound that is broken into three distinct segments, symbolizing a sighing sound. I call it the oive sound, which brings us back to those things we did during the year, which have caused other us and others sorest trouble, difficulty, sadness. Teruah is a series of nine rapid-fire blasts described as either the alarm clock itself or the sobbing sounds we make when we acknowledge our mistakes of the years just past. And finally, Tekiah Gadolah. It is the triple threat Tekiah, lasting nine seconds at a minimum, but many who sound the shofar will attempt to make this sound last as long as possible, and that is to the congregation awe and delight. The person who sounds the shofar is called the Baal or the feminine Baalat Tekiah or the master blaster and the types of shofarot sounded are many and varied. The instrument itself is basically the hollow horn of a kosher animal that is crafted by hand according to Jewish guidelines and specifications. The exception is the horn of a cow or calf because that particular animal is associated with idolatry and the false worship from the time of Moses. An ox horn is also disqualified. These, known as keren, K-E-R-E-N in Hebrew, have their own place in Jewish pilgrimage tradition, while the shofar refers specifically to the horn of a sheep, goat, antelope, gazelle, ibex or kudu. In fact, the large curling Yemenite shofar is made from any of several types of the antelope horn. Shofarot are never manufactured. They are never factory produced. A shofar cannot be painted with colors, but it can be delicately and intricately carved. However, some Sephardi shofarot feature decorative silver plating, which makes them, well, like eating rice on Passover, unkosher according to Ashkenazi traditions. Throughout history, Jewish communities created shofar shapes and sounds unique and appropriate for its people. At the time of the expulsion and the Inquisition, the Jews of Spain used a flat, straight shofar that featured a low pitch. Shofar maker Zivkabar Sheshet explains that, in the past, Jews were not allowed to carry a shofar or use it, so it was necessary for these Jews to smuggle it and hidden between the body and the trouser belt. The straight shape was adopted for this purpose to make the hiding possible, right down the, the, the pant leg. Today, many Sephardic communities preserve this tradition by using this type of temple trumpet. Well, after the expulsion from Spain, some Jewish communities migrated through Central and Eastern Europe, where it was difficult to find or make the shofarot that they were used to. At this time, the ram's horns gained in popularity. The sound produced from these new horns was high and thin, a weeping sort of sound, because the ram's horn shofar was bent and not straight as the ibex horn, 
had been in Spain or North Africa, the rabbis taught that the bent horn was a symbol of the human heart, which on Rosh Hashanah inclines or bends toward God. In Yemen and Iraq, Jews created the long spiraling shofar. Unlike European shofarot that were drilled lengthwise to create the traditional sound, the large Yemenite antelope or bushbuck horn was cut widthwise at its hollow point, thus creating the long, low sound that creates an almost echo effect. Some historians believe that the Yemenite Jews preferred the antelope horn because its strong echo brought to mind the image of the mountain of Abraham's near sacrifice of his son. Well, with its Hebrew roots in the letters Shin Peresh, the word shofar originates from the Hebrew word meaning hollow. And regardless of its specific type, the shofar is a perfect hollow shell that with the human breath brings to life the culture, tradition, and the meaning of the season. Well, I promised you that I would sound the shofar for you, and I have beside me a Yemenite shofar. I have a, a shofar from an ibex or a stembeko from the Sephardic community, and then I have the traditional bent one from a, uh, a ram or a bush buck. So let's see what they sound like, and I'll make the, I'll make the uh, different sounds. So the first one, of course, is to pay attention. Now, first, I'm going to lift up this heavy shofar. It is the ant long curling antelope horn and I would say it is about mine is about three feet long and um, first I will I will make the blessing we thank God for the opportunity to sound the shofar that is a mitzvah but did you know it is a mitzvah for you to hear it as well the first is attention, and that would be tekia. Tekia. Get your attention? I hope it did. The next sound would be shavarim. I'm going to put this one down, my antelope horn down, and I'm going to pick up the one from the ibex. Long and narrow and flat, so they could hide, so it could hide easily down the pant leg of the rabbi as he walked from house to house to shout, sound the shofar during the time of the Inquisition when the synagogues had been closed. So this one is a Sephardic synagogue, a Sephardic synagogue, a Sephardic shofar, and the word is shivarim, and this is the oive sound, the sighing sound, and this is to help us recall the year that passed and some of the things that we did or that we neglected to do. Shevarim. Uh-huh. All right, it's kind of a sighing sound, isn't it? Kind of a sighing sound. The third sound is teruah. Teruah is the sobbing sound. And this differ, this sound differentiates, the way we differentiate from some of the minor transgressions that we engaged in during the year just past, and maybe some of the big things that need correcting. For example, in Shevarim, we're reminded of the uh, pot we borrowed from our neighbor and burned it and uh, returned it not in the same condition that it was given to us. So maybe we need to purchase a new pot and ask for forgiveness. The terua sound, the, so- the crying sound, the sobbing sound, might be symbolic of a problem or difficulty we had with our brother-in-law, and we haven't spoken all year long. So terua is the nine blast, nine, the nine sound blast to remind us of how sad we are when we realize the hurt we may have caused. (laughs) We cry. We cry over some of the things that we've done. And when we hear those sounds, we are 
encouraged to look back. It is a symbolic way of looking back on the year. And finally, Takiyah Gadolah. Takiyah Gadolah is the long blast to tell us that the new year has begun. And if we have made our amends, made our apologies, asked for forgiveness, and if someone's come to us and asked for forgiveness, we've granted it, then the long blast that Takiyah Gadolah tells us that the new year is beginning. We're starting fresh and clean. Takia Gadola. There we go. And that was the ram's horn, the small curved one. So this is a little bit of preparing. Why do we do this? Well, we do this because it is the month of Elul, sounding the shofar and hearing the shofar every day reminds us to look back on the year. No holidays, no memorials in this particular month, no, nothing to distract us from the work in preparation that we need to do. Well, um, it is it, Rosh Hashanah is coming. It's the first Erev or Eve of Rosh Hashanah is September 9th. So you know you know how much I love the Fountainheads. Dip Your Apple in the Honey is a wonderful song to kind of get us ready for Rosh Hashanah. How about we listen to it right now? So many new hopes waiting to find you. Open your eyes, the dreams you prize are all around you. The smiles are hiding, no use in guessing. Make up your mind, go out and find life's simple blessing. This is your time, you feel it. Oh, sweet it is. Shana, 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 hear the shofar there? I did. That was the Fountainheads. Dip your apple in the honey. 
It's Rosh Hashanah right here on the Radio Rabbi program. I am your Radio Rabbi, and yes, I know it's not Rosh Hashanah yet, but we are preparing right here, are we not? It is the month of Elul, the very first day in the Hebrew month of Elul to help us prepare to make amends, make apologies, accept apologies from others, so we start the brand new year fresh. Rosh Hashanah, September 9th, September 9th. Well... Speaking of fresh and new, I am delighted to welcome Steve and the entire staff of Sarasota Watch Company as our brand new sponsor of the Radio Rabbi program. As many of you know, I had the pleasure of speaking with owner Steve Shimonov, who opened the world of the Sarasota Watch Company for me. And what I learned was quite interesting and really remarkable. First of all, I like to say, because I believe it, that there is nothing like skill, dedication, and hard work to make a small business thrive, and that's just what Steve and his staff have done. They have tapped into three generations of expertise. Steve's family tradition of watchmaking and repair goes back three generations, and that expertise serves his customers so very well. Now, what will you find in the world of Sarasota Watch Company? Well, an impressive array of vintage watches. I like vintage everything. So those very those interest me, including a pocket watch from the 1800s. In addition, there's a state-of-the-art Rolex, uh, several of them actually, state-of-the-art Rolex timepieces, because Sarasota Watch Company has what you've been looking for when it comes to beauty and craftsmanship and style. So I'm going to encourage all of you to stop by the Sarasota Watch Company. See for yourself. There are gorgeous Rolexes new and pre-owned, along with classic jewelry from diamonds to one-of-a-kind estate pieces, and all of them are reasonably priced. Steve says we pay top dollar for jewelry and watches, and our customers tell us that working with us is hassle-free. And that's quite an endorsement, isn't it? That is the Sarasota Watch Company, located at 4180. 4180 Tamiami Trail. Stop by there or give Steve a call at 941 953 1315. 953 1315. And you know, I like to say the time is right, pun intended, for a pre owned or a new watch or an expert watch repair. Stop by the Sarasota Watch Company, a wonderful family, a wonderful enterprise, and now the sponsor of the Radio Rabbi program. Thank you so much, Steve. We certainly appreciate it. A regular feature here on the Radio Rabbi program is the Mishabarak, where we pray for healing for those who are ill. The Kabbalists, the Jewish mystics, taught us and encouraged us to say the names aloud, to speak aloud, to sit together shoulder to shoulder, and to pray together for those who are ill, for refuah shlema, for complete healing of body, mind, and spirit. And I've been asked to remember for the Misha Barak prayer today, Gary, Dennis, Nina, Rosa Morena, Denstra, Barbara, Victoria, Sandro, Marissa, Michael, and Jeremiah. And now say aloud the names among your friends and family members in need of healing. Say their names aloud right now and sing along with Debbie Friedman. The CD is Renewal of Spirit and the prayer is the Misha Barak. Find the courage to make 
was the Misha Barak prayer sung by Debbie Friedman of Blessed Memory, a regular feature here on the Radio Rabbi program. AM 930, the answer is where you find us also podcast on the AM 930 site as well as on my website, RabbiBarbara.com. And uh, you can make a dedication as well. Once again, just go to my website. That would be RabbiBarbara.com and uh, click on to the uh, to the information about dedicating a show to the memory of, of a loved one or to for a special um, a special Simca fam- family celebration. You can do that and uh, just click on there and we'd love for you to be able to dedicate a program to someone that uh, is very important to you. Well, you know that I live for part of the year here in Europe and uh, if you've been reading about Europe lately, you know that there is a rise in anti-Semitism in Europe, primarily in France, but all over the continent. And it's happening in the U.S. as well. And so as we approach the new year, you may want to make a resolution to stand tall against anti-Semitism. And uh, I read something in Times of Israel, the online uh, online news journal. It was very troubling, and uh, but I want to share it with you because I think we should all know about it. The childhood home of late Nobel Prize winning author and Holocaust survivor Ellie Wiesel was vandalized with anti-Semitic graffiti, and that happened last week. And this was a report from the police in the Romanian town of Siget, where he was born. A local spokesperson said that an investigation into the vandalism had been opened immediately. Police were combing security camera footage from a nearby building in an effort to identify who these perpetrators were. Some of the graffiti included slurs against white. Wiesel, calling him a, Jew- a Jewish Nazi, in hell with Hitler, an anti-Semitic pedophile, terrible things. There was also a reference to Germany's Angela Merkel, Russia's Vladimir Putin, and even our own U.S. president. Wiesel's pre-World War II home was converted into a Holocaust education center in 2014 in memory of the 13,000 local Jews who were deported to Auschwitz, where most were killed. In 2014, when it was inaugurated the Holocaust Cellar, Basil said he was deeply honored his home would be a place where the local Romanian population could learn about the Holocaust. The opening of the Holocaust here, we call it the Holocaust Cantina, supports my life's effort to ensure that humanity never forgets the evil that took place there and throughout Europe. These are the words of Elie Wiesel. And in a press statement cited by the Romanian news site, uh, realitatea.net, the Israeli embassy expressed its dismay over the incident, condemning this unprecedented anti-Semitic attack and expressing its hope that the the perpetrators would quickly be found and maybe most important brought to justice. The news site also said that the embassy thanked the police and the local authorities for promptly removing the graffiti. In 1944, when Wiesel was 15, he and his family, along with the rest of the Jews in his hometown, were rounded up and forced into ghettos. Several months later, 131,639 of them were deported to Auschwitz-Birkenau, and most were murdered there. In total, between 280,000 and 380,000 Romanian and Ukrainian Jews were murdered or died during the Holocaust in territories under Romanian control during World War II. Wiesel, who is considered the world's leading spokesman on the Holocaust, is remembered for his life's work in keeping alive the memory of the genocide that killed six million Jews during World War II. He passed away just recently in 2016 at the age of 87 years. May Elie Wiesel's memory be forever for a 
blessing. And may all of us stand strong, stand strong against anti-Semitism wherever we see it, wherever we find it, and may we speak up against it as well. We are coming to the end of our program, and uh, it's time for us to say goodbye. Don't forget that you can make a dedication for uh, a show in memory or in honor of a family member. And remember that we are pluralistic in nature, reformer, progressive, orthodox, reconstructionist, conservative, renewal, humanistic, Ashkenazi, or Sephardic, B'nai meaning your family was once conversos, Moranos, or crypto-Jews. Maybe you're a cultural, secular, or even a gastronomical Jew. We're all part of the mishpuka worldwide wonderful Jewish family. Welcome home. This is Rabbi Barbara Aiello, your radio rabbi. We'll see you next week on AM 930, the answer, FM 103.1 and 93.7. Shalom. Shalom, Goodbye, my 